This is the Milo Sweet Podcast, where you'll learn to get unstuck. Start now. Conquer life's challenges by learning to do difficult. Find quick and clever ways to overcome. Wait, did you think life was going to be easy? Remember, all of your excuses are now dead to me. Let's get started. Guess what time it is? It's time for you to hit the subscribe button and find one, just one person that you think will benefit from this. But if you're feeling a little like generous, right? Or you're super um, free with your time right now, probably doing nothing because you're listening to this. Um, Well, maybe if you're doing something, actually just make yourself free right now. Hit subscribe. What are you waiting for? Hit it. Come on. Hit subscribe. And then why I got interested was because this story was just such a... uh, and a compelling story you know it wasn't just this space station that no one remembers there was a lot of stuff going on behind the details that uh, yes it had been forgotten but you know for people that were involved in it they knew full well that that was probably nasa's uh, finest hour now this is interesting you said that one of nasa's finest hour was them overcoming a huge hurdle that if they didn't overcome it work together they wouldn't have funding and they had to do it in like 11 days i think there's so much to learn from that for businesses or people that are experiencing the same thing they have short amount of time they're trying to figure out how to overcome what's one thing that they could take away from that well, the, the, my wife and I, we, we discuss this all the time. You know, name me a business that uh, with $2.2 billion worth of assets on the line comes up with a solution within 11 days. How focused would their staff have to be? Now, that's insane. That, <laughs> again, uh, when you look at the training and you look at all the scenarios that NASA had developed in training, in uh, simulation and so forth, they had their bases pretty much covered. For, for, for NASA employees, it was never a case of, oh, you know, well, let's kiss goodbye. We've got no chance. That was never in the equation. It was like, we are going to salvage this if it's the last thing we do. And, you know, there's the uh, classic quote from from the film Apollo uh, Apollo 13, failure is not an option and that is very much the mindset at nasa i think that should be the mindset for right now i'm actually getting super inspired full disclosure i have not seen the the um film yet but i am very much so wondering what i could take away from it because i still i mean things are going good for me right now but i do feel like I should act like everything's on the line because it, it you don't know how things are going to turn out, right? So you need to really practice using your mind and exercising your mind, using it as a muscle. Now, the whole world is homeschooling right now. Mm. How would you think this film is helpful for them? What would they learn? Could the families watch it together? What are your thoughts on that? Families can definitely watch it together. Um I'll start about t- talking about how the film came about. Yeah, when when uh, you when, yeah. when you look online, you will see that for the Apollo missions, the lunar missions, or Mercury, the the very first uh, uh, space launches that America did, where Alan Shepard became the first person, uh, first American in space. Um, there's plenty of films and documentaries about them, but you look at Skylab, which happened only a few months after the last footsteps on the moon. 
And that, if you're lucky, in documentaries gets maybe 30 seconds. Oh. Right? And th there's me who, who grew up as an Australian remembering when this thing fell in my backyard, so to speak, thinking, well, why was this forgotten about? And then, of course, I, I looked into myself to, to answer that question. And I remember because of Skylab impacting, my attitude about NASA was, geez, can't they do anything right? Look, they couldn't even launch the shuttle on time. Um, they 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 couldn't get Hubble working properly in the beginning, and of course the Challenger uh, accident. I was just like, "What's going on there?" Now that was sort of like my, my late teens mindset. <laughs> and when I started to look into everything, there was a book I, I got. There were two books about Skylab. One by a, a gentleman called David Hitt called Homesteading Space. And another one by David Shaler, just called Skylab. And I read both books pretty much uh, parallel. And that's where I started going, oh, hang on. They did quite a lot of stuff that affected my life uh, directly. And the more I read, the more I wanted to read. And then the more I found out that not much had been written. There were these two books and that was it. And there were the, the stock standard 30-minute mission summary videos that uh, were made in the 1970s and they look like they were made in the 1970s all right you've got <laughs> you've got the really cheesy music you've got uh, the the, uh, the 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 fashion <laughs> it's a dead giveaway right and i had already met several astronauts at uh, shows at esa here in in europe and uh, in the united states and I, I was saying to my wife, Alexandra, who ended up producing the movie, um, look, we've got to interview these guys because they are not going to live forever. You know, the, the time is now. If we don't act now, it will be too late. And I started getting everything together. I had written a book at that time called Live TV from the Moon, which detailed how television technology was developed for the lunar transmissions. And... I interviewed a gentleman called Stan Labar, who was the manager of the Lunar Television Camera Division of Westinghouse, who developed the black and white camera. And I interviewed him extensively every third day, at least four hours, you know, at this time of the day, which for me was uh, two o'clock in the morning. Wow. And, yeah, we would talk about topics and every single telephone call, he would go, what we did on Apollo was fantastic, but in Skylab, that's where we started getting really good at what we were doing. And I'm like, huh? Skylab? The thing that crashed in Australia? What? So that started my curiosity. And I was very lucky in uh, the beginning of this uh, century. <laughs> Sounds like a hundred years ago. <laughs> <laughs> to get uh, VHS copies of Mission Television from Skylab, and it was haphazardly on on a bunch of I think of around twelve tapes. I had them digitized, and uh, lucky for me, they all had slates at the beginning of the uh, of the telecast, so I could date the things. And oh. Live TV from the Moon was uh, quite successful for, a, for an, a niche market book. So I approached the publisher, Apogee Books, about whether I could do a follow-up, which was about then Skylab, Apollo Soyuz, and the Space Shuttle, with my interest being focused on Skylab. And they agreed to go ahead and let me uh, write that, and they were, they were then going to publish it. And in the course of doing that, I started watching these videotapes and put them in sequential order so I would know what I was talking about when I was writing about Skylab. 
And that's what started me hardcore into Skylab. And in the course of doing the books, I got to know the astronauts who flew on there. And without fail, each one of these guys was just, their eyes would light up when I would ask them about Skylab instead of whatever else they had done on Apollo. All right, that's another episode in the books. Hello? Hello? I said, I said it's over. Why are you still listening? Like, seriously, the episode is over. If you're still listening right now, you know what? You're probably a chronic procrastinator. Guess what? I'm still listening to Come on, for real, seriously. We gotta go do something productive. No, like, for real. No, for real, for real. Okay, you can keep listening.